0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast here on WXAN Radio, here on the sun-drenched hills of Ava, Illinois. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, and we're glad that you're tuned in today, however you're listening to us and wherever you may be listening to us from. It's an honor and a privilege to have you. I want to remind you today that we are at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time every Saturday, And we're on 103.9 FM here regionally and on the internet at www.wxanradio.com. And when it pulls up, just click on Listen Live and you have the Good Tidings Radio broadcast. Here we are. Can you believe it already? April the 29th. And wow, what a fantastic month it's been! The weather's been beautiful. And we are excited to be here to present the Word of God, the Bible to you, and to lift up Jesus Christ and encourage you. And that's what my intent is today. I want to be a blessing to you, and I'm honored to be part of this wonderful ministry at WXAN. And uh, Brother Danny and Leanne and Will and Melody and the good folks here, it's a privilege to be part of this group. Now, we're here to exalt Jesus Christ, to uh Share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost world and win souls to faith in Christ and then to encourage and exhort the brethren, those that have been saved, and so much the more as we see the day approaching, the day of the Lord's return. So open your Bibles today. Go with me to Luke chapter number 22, Luke chapter number 22, and I want to draw your attention to verse number 54. Luke chapter 22, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 54. Today, I want to deal expressly with Christians who have fallen, Christians who have sinned and failed God, Christians who have backslidden and gotten cold and indifferent and away from God. I want to deal with the born-again child of God who's got out of fellowship with God, not relationship. When you trusted Christ, God saved you, sealed you under the day of promise, gave you everlasting life, an eternal life, and you are saved. But you get out of fellowship, that is communication with God because of sin. And it doesn't matter the circumstances that cause that. Today, I want to encourage you, okay? I understand that. I've had a point in my life before where I've gotten cold and indifferent and backslidden and away from God, and God brought me back, and I know that he can bring you back, too. And you may say, Pastor David, I know people that profess to be Christians. Uh, They've gotten away from God. They have no desire for church, no desire for Christ, no desire for Scripture, no desire for fellowship preacher, are you telling me they're saved? Well, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know who's saved and who's lost and neither do you. All I can know is by their fruits. However, my job is to be focused on Jesus and to follow him. That's my responsibility and yours too. So God knows, but yes, Christians can get cold indifferent, can get backslidden and away from God, but if they belong to God, he'll get them back. Those that have never been troubled about being out in sin, I question whether they are saved. They may have some type of illegitimate faith. I'm not sure. Only would God know. God would know. But if you're a truly genuine, born-again child of God, God will convict you, and he'll draw you back to faith and uh, walk with him. Okay? So, (coughs) excuse me today. Oh, my goodness, the seasonal buds and allergies have gotten part of me. Go to Luke chapter 22. I want to speak to you today on the subject of you have fallen, but you can get up. You have fallen, but you can get up. By way of introduction, I want to ask you, you ever found yourself closer to God than you are now? You see, what it matters is that when you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you recognize you're a sinner that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, in John 3, 16. Christ died vicariously on the cross. He shed his blood. He was buried and resurrected the third day uh, for our justification, and not ours only, but the sins of the whole world. Everyone needs to be born again, and everyone can be saved who will come to Christ and and be saved. But you notice that once you got saved, everything went good for a while. And things were on fire. You're excited about Christ, the things of God, and so forth. And then eventually, as time went on, we forgot that the Christian life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And Satan, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, deal against us. And we catch ourselves, if we're not careful, sinning against God, getting cold and indifferent if we don't uh, recognize where we're at spiritually and stay faithfully following the Lord. So you've fallen. It doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. It means that you have lost your fellowship with God. And today I want to encourage you. Maybe you've fallen and you'll walk with Christ, but the good news is you can get up. The Bible says in Proverbs 24 and verse 16, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Now in Luke chapter 22, I draw your attention To verse number 54, Luke 22, verse number 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another said unto him, or rather, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after, another conveniently affirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, here's the third time. I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crew, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. So Peter has fallen here, folks. He's a Christian, he's saved, he's put his faith in Christ, he's a disciple because of his pride he ignored the fact that jesus told him hey you're going to you're going to you're going to deny me 3 times well peter said no i won't lord and you know the the account biblically but that's exactly what he did proverbs 24:16 says for a just man or a justified man a saved man falleth 7 times and riseth up again but the wicked shall fall into mischief What would you think, folks, of a preacher who would curse and swear in front of a number of people? Let's say uh, men, women, children, teenagers. Well, Peter did just that. He denied the Lord. But in spite of it all, God gave him a new start, and Peter learned how to fail forward. So let me give you some thoughts today on you've fallen, but you can get up. Number one, failure doesn't have to be a hitching post. It can be a guidepost. We can learn from failures and sins. God has a way of bringing good out of our bad. Some some people, Christians, have a low self-esteem, and they think God sees them as a composite of all their failures, but that's not so. When I was young, I made a number of mistakes growing up, and my dad never, when we met new people introduced me as this is my son, David, who (laughs) who run the car off in the ditch or who did something silly and associated one of my silliness, some of my silliness, silliness in life to my identity. He never did that. He said, this is my son, David. Why? Because my earthly father loved me and he does. And I have the best dad in the world, Eugene Pinkerton, and he does. He loves me but he never introduced me as a composite of all my failures. And see our heavenly father, when God forgives us, he forgets forgets our sins too and our failures as far as the east is from the west. So, he doesn't go around saying, "Hey, look, you're a you're a a composite of all your failures." No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't look at us from a judgmental perspective. He says, "Look, I'm not holding it against you because the blood of my son Jesus has saved you. I see you justified in him. And because of Jesus Christ, you are complete, you are whole, you are justified. So number one, think about this. Failure doesn't have to be a hitching post. It can be a guidepost. Number two, if we fail God, it will probably be at a point of our greatest strength. Peter's greatest strength was his courage. Now, we criticize Peter for taking his eyes off the Lord on the Sea of Galilee and beginning to sink. But at least, folks, he had the courage to get out of the boat. The rest of the disciples stayed in there. But when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter was the one that pulled out the sword to defend Christ. He tried to take one. He tried to take the high priest's servant's head off. Peter was a big, burly fisherman. However, folks, he was courageous. But he cowered down before a teenage girl. In the area of his greatest strength, he failed. Let me give you some other biblical examples of courage and someone working in their strength, but they failed in that strength. Look at Moses. The Bible says that he was the meekest among men. And meekness means strength under control. But what did he do? He lost control of his emotions, and he killed an Egyptian. And later, he smote a rock twice. Twice. What about Abraham? Abraham is called the father of faith, but he left Canaan and he went into Egypt. And he lied about Sarah, his wife, because he didn't have enough faith that God would protect him. He failed in his area of strength. What about David? A picture of purity, an apple, a man after, God's own heart, an apple of God's eye. But he committed adultery. He failed in his area of strength. You see, none of these people Peter Moses David none of these failed in their weaknesses but in their strengths because we all have a tendency to leave a strength unguarded and remember any unguarded strength is a double weakness paul said in second corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10 when i am weak then am i strong for then i'm depending on the lord what he's saying and not myself Proverbs sixteen eighteen says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And the New Testament echoes that verse in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Now in verse 33 of our text, You know, we could admire Peter's statement at the first glance, but folks, there's a difference between saying I can do all things through Christ or just saying, hey, I can do all things. And Peter was boastful in verse 33. Remember, he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. Peter was boastful. And the boastful Christian is tempting the devil to tempt them. So number three. When we consider that we have fallen, but we can get up. Before we sin, the devil is a tempter. After we sin, the devil is an accuser. Before we sin, he says, ah, go ahead. No one's going to know. You can get away with it. But afterward, he says, you'll never get away with it. You've blown it. You're done. You might as well quit serving God. You've made too many mistakes. You've sinned too much. Well, folks, Satan's goal is, is not only for you to fall in your walk with the Lord Jesus, but for you to stay down. So let's learn how to fail forward. As a Christian, how can we fail forward? Well, let me share with you three wonderful truths. Number one, even when we fail, God is still sovereign. The word sovereign means he's in control. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 60, the Bible says, and Peter went out and wept, rather, it says, and Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And he immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. The rooster crowing is a testimony that God was still in control. The Lord shuts the beaks of hundreds of roosters in that area until the precise moment of the third denial of Peter. Think about that. God is still in control. You may wonder, when you look at the economy of America, you look at who's sitting in the White House of America, you look at evil being pushed through the, through the major network media, the lies that are constantly being spun, what happens? We forget that God's still in control. Why did God allow this? I'm not sure. But get revived. Get refocused on Christ. Start serving God. Jesus is coming again. But God's still in control. Don't give up the ship, folks. In verse 61, we see, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter now is at his worst, his lowest. He's failing God. He's falling out of fellowship with God. He's out of control, if you will, but he's got a message from the Lord. And Jesus is telling him, Peter, I'm still in control. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13, the scripture teaches us. In 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 13, the Bible reminds us, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. We often fail God, but he never fails us. Often I'm not faithful to him, but great is his faithfulness. You know, I'm not so great, but I love that song, But How Great Thou Art. Folks, we need to learn to fail forward when we sin against God. We must remember that when, even when we despair and feel out of control, God is still in control. He's still sovereign. Romans 8.28 tells us that all things work together for good, and that includes even our sins and our failures. You've heard that expression, the script, or rather the, the song, And I quote, pick up the broken pieces and bring them to the Lord. Trust in His holy word. He will put them back together and make your life complete. Just place the broken pieces at the Savior's feet. Now, you may feel like you've blown it, and maybe you have. But no matter what you've done, God still has a plan for your life, Christian. Remember that. How do I know that? You're still breathing. God still has a plan for my life. That's why I'm still here. So secondly, what are, what's a second great truth that we can consider when we've fallen, but we can get up? That when we fail, God is not only sovereign still, but secondly, when we fail, God is sympathetic. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 61, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. God is being sympathetic. Jesus is being sympathetic with Peter. The moment Peter denied him, he turned, saw the Lord in their eyes, met. It wasn't a look of disappointment or a look of anger. It was a look of love. You see, God is not changing us, Christian. So he can love us. He loves us, and therefore he's changing us. God does not love us because we're valuable. We are valuable because Christ loves us. Remember that. God loves you as you are, and he loves you too much to leave you that way. His unconditional love. We should always be grateful. That's the same kind of love we should show to our children and our grandchildren. And thus we should train them and discipline them and love them and lead them in the ways of the Bible and take them to Sunday school and church, and teach them about Jesus. In Psalms 103, verse 14, the Bible says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Now, folks, that's unconditional love. Let me make something clear today, okay? God's grace is not a license to sin excuse me, let me say that again. Listen to me closely. God's grace is not a license to sin. And anyone who views it that way is not truly saved. But it's also good to know that when we fall, God is sympathetic. He's sovereign. He's sympathetic and he's sovereign. And that's something we've got to remember. God wants to take the mess we've made the lemons in our life and make lemonade out of them folks bring something bad to good it's correcting us it's teaching us it's training us god doesn't raise spoiled children a third great truth that i want us to remember today that even when we fail we're secure in christ get this when we fail god we are still secure in christ Aren't you glad to know that your salvation doesn't depend upon you? Now, those of you that think you can lose your salvation, I feel sorry for you, my dear friend. God saved you, or you think you've saved yourself. What is it? You've come to Christ and trusted Him by faith as your Savior. God saved you. You had nothing to do with it, but recognized you're a sinner. Believe what the Bible says, that Christ was born of the virgin lived sinlessly, died vicariously on the cross, took your sins in his own body on the tree, shed his blood in your place. He was buried and resurrected the third day. And it's the gift of God, his eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you, by faith or trust, put your faith in Christ and what he did for you on the cross. And God saved you. He gave it to you as a gift to be received. You had nothing to do with your salvation. That's all of God. The scripture says, I know that what God doeth, it shall be forever. When God saved you, he gave you eternal life, everlasting life. Aren't you glad your salvation doesn't depend on you? If you're depending on your good works to get to heaven, you're going to miss heaven and go to hell. If you've been born again, you're forever changed. You're safe and secure in the mighty hands of God. Think about this. In verse 31 and verse 33 of our text, there's a sifting process going on in Peter's life. Listen to what Jesus said to him in verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. You see, there's a sifting process. Let me explain that. Chaff remains in the sifter. The wheat falls through the sifter. Satan, the accuser, wanted Peter to fall so he could throw the chaff in God's face because of Peter's actions. When the Bible, Jesus said Peter that Satan desired, that means that he had to ask permission of God in order to do anything to Peter's life. Do you get that? God is sovereign. He's in control. The devil's not in control. Quit giving him so much credit. He had to get permission from God to go after Peter. Jesus also knew there was some chaff and that Peter would never deal with it in his life until he became aware of it. So Jesus allowed it to happen to Peter, just like he allows temptation to happen to us. See, God isn't surprised by our sin. He allows it to come into our life, a temptation. And then when we choose to sin, God shows us, teaches us what he already know. He allows us to know about ourselves. Satan had a benevolent motive for Peter, but Jesus had a benevolent motive for Peter. So Jesus used the devil's tool to help Peter. Just like David used Goliath's own sword to cut off Goliath's head. You see, Jesus isn't concentrating on the chaff in your life. He sees the wheat, and he wants to cleanse you from your sin and revive and reestablish you. So there's a th- there are three great truths today, and I, ask, I must hurry. But now I want you to recognize three things that, Pe- that Jesus knew about Peter. You've fallen, but you can get up. Three things that Jesus knew about Peter. Number one, he knew Peter's failure. Secondly, he knew Peter's faith. And thirdly, he knew Peter's future. You know, Peter, you've blown it big time. Can't you hear people saying that? Maybe they've said it to you. Maybe they've said it to me. The devil tells it to all of us all the time when we sin. You've blown it big time. But Jesus is saying, Peter, but I'm going to help you up. And you're going to be stronger for it, Peter. And believe it or not, Peter, you're going to preach. And 3,000 people are going to get saved. You're going to write part of the Bible, Peter. You're going to voluntarily be crucified for me upside down. Friend, you may have failed God, Christian. Who hasn't? All of us have. You've fallen. Get back up. Now, friend, what I want to tell you today, listening, don't fail to be saved. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Listen to the Bible. All humanity, we are sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 There is none righteous. No, not one. You and I are sinners. We've broken the Ten Commandments. We need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. He died vicariously on the cross. He shed his blood in your place. He was buried on the third day. And recently we just celebrated Easter. He was resurrected for our salvation. Today you have no hope of heaven if you're trusting your works, your church membership, your philanthropy, your goodness, your baptism certificate or your baptism. Or it doesn't matter who you are, are you saved? If you'd like to accept Christ as your savior, let me lead you in a prayer of faith and God'll save you by grace through faith in Jesus. Follow me in this prayer from the sincerity of your heart. Jesus Please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior. Now, folks, if you've done that, the Bible says you've been born again of the Spirit. I want to help you. I've got some literature I'd be glad to send you. Email me at drdave13 at gmail.com. Dr. Dave one, three at gmail.com and I'll help you uh, send you some free literature about steps in a new direction and how to live the Christian life for a new believer. Friend, keep looking up. Jesus is in control. Listen, you may have fallen, but you can get up. You may have fallen, but you can get up, get up in Jesus name. Let God restore you, revive you, re-strengthen you and go on and tell the world about Jesus Christ Hand out a gospel track this week. Pray for someone who's in need. Lift up the fallen. Give a drink of cold water in Jesus' name. Glorify Jesus with your life. For whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. This has been the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast, and I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. Thanks for tuning in to WXAN Radio. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Good tidings of great joy! Oh yes, the day is finally here. Emmanuel, God is with us. Oh There's yes, no to fear, for unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not, fear not. yes, sir.